The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. I'm so excited to have Keila Hall with us. She is in the founder of Katie Hall Communications, do work workforce development and women's initiatives, does amazing work. Recently nominated for a Northwest Regional Emmy Award in the historical cultural, doing a short film called The Untold Stories of Black Women and the Women's Suffrage Movement. Are you my friend? I miss you. It's so great to hear your voice. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm right now. I'm in Florida, and it's like 108 degree heat index. But other than that, <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I tell you, you you go for you you get the the heat, and then you and then you can come here and and get some of the the cold too. So you got the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do. You know how much I love Seattle. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm so, so glad that you're joined us today. And and by the way, congratulations on, on the, the Emmy nomination. You, you must be so excited. Yes, I am. Oh my good, goodness. It's been so great. I mean, you remember we were talking like right before the pandemic hit in. And since then, uh, we actually had four Emmy nominations, um, three this year and one last year. And the best part about it is that all were created these films with, with young people. And so we're competing against professionals and these big professional organizations. And so at first, I'm not going to lie, I was a little upset we didn't walk home with the hardware just because I'm a competitor. Sure. <laughs> I play yeah. sports. You know how it goes. Yeah. But to be honest with you, when I really look at things and put things into perspective, um, you know, our little foundation, we, we now got four Emmy nominations. We're competing against professionals. And we really didn't have no money when we were doing these films. And so... Now we're really working with organizations so we can get bigger budgets. And I, I just, I can partnerships. I can't imagine what's going to happen next year when we have the right type of editing, the right type of equipment to go along with our content. So I'm so mm-hmm. looking forward to continuously making films and bringing young people on board with it. That's absolutely incredible. Let's talk about uh, this, this short film, The Untold Stories of Black Women and the Women's Suffrage Movement. We're, t- tell us about the genesis of, of putting that together and, and give, give us kind of the journey of that. Oh, man, that's such a great question. You know, that film was actually commissioned to us by the Washington State Women's Commission um, that, you know, and they reached out to us. And I remember we had like 30 days to put together this film. And I mean, we just jumped in and we, we just did the work. And when we came out with the first copy, um, the Women's Commission was so impressed with it that they said, you know what, run with it. And from there, we, we submitted it for an Emmy and it was Emmy nominated last year. And it was, it was just really great. Also, the Seattle Channel was one of our partners. And so the last time I checked, I think like it had like over 100,000 views, like just on their online version, not even what they aired on television. And so I'm, I'm very proud of that film because I was able to really explore parts of like my own history and my own heritage, my own ancestors, things I didn't know, to be honest with you, going into the film. And I think that that's the best part about filmmaking is because you're going through a journey of learning. And that's mm-hmm. really what it is. You're learning about things that you don't know and you're unlearning certain things and you're, you know, discovering more. And so that film for me 
you know, it really let me know that, hey, this is something that you're really good at. You know that you got a bachelor's degree in this. You really need to pull this back out of off of the shelf and start making more films. And, and that's what we did. And, yeah. and because of that, I'm now, <laughs> as of yesterday, I was just announced, uh, appointed as a board of governors for the National Academy of Television for the entire oh. Pacific Northwest for two hey. years. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, that is fantastic. Thank very you. Neat. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'll be doing PR, public relations, and producing, um, you know, for the next two years and, you know, with the shows and then also just, you know, getting our reach out there, ensuring that we, you know, have equity in place when we're, you know, recruiting and all those different types of things. So I'm extremely excited um, about the future of what's going to happen with Natus. <laughs> mm, yeah, there's... Go- you mentioned the kind of the untold stories. What what were a couple things that that really stood out to you uh, from that that first film? You, you mentioned there were some things, you know, understanding history. What were a couple things that that really stood out to you um, that that just brought you hope and inspiration? Man, I, I was it was so much to be honest with you. I think that one of the biggest people that stood out to me, like the names at least, was Ida B. Wells. And just looking at her her body of work and knowing this was so long ago and to see all the things that she did, I mean, it just lets me know that women and black women in particular has been have been doing outstanding great work for a very long time. And I just thought it was so important to be able to uh, amplify their voices. And so in that journey, I only I felt like just an instrument, you know what I mean? Just myself and my team, we were really just bringing to life the work that these ladies have done over a hundred years ago. You know what I mean? At that point mm. when we did the film, because it was a, we were um, commemorating the hundred year anniversary of the women's suffrage movement. And that's really, you know, what that was about. So for me, it felt like a privilege and an honor. It almost felt like I was going back into past and like I was a ghost on a wall and I was able to bring breath to these women and bring them into the current day. And it was, it was an amazing, amazing feeling. It really, really was. There was another uh, woman um, at the end of the film who went back to school and got her doctorate degree at 68 years old. And I want to say she lived to like 102 or 103, maybe even longer than that. I never Mm. even knew about this woman. And um, she died like in the 1970s. And just to see like in today's time, when people are 68, sometimes they think that, oh, I can't do certain things. I'm getting older, but 68, And she lived so much more life after that. And I think that that motivated me to let me know that, you know, if you got some dreams that's on the shelf and you really believe in them and you know that it needs to happen, pull them off the shelf. Hmm. So this 68-year-old woman can get her PhD (laughs) and live on and do all these other incredible things. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Who am I at almost Hmm. 40 to say that I can't reinvent myself, right? Wow. (laughs) <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, what a what an incredible message that is for for so many of us, for all of us listening. That ex- I mean, that's exactly it. You know, that this is every every day is, is a gift, and 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 take advantage of of every moment and and the the hopes that you have. I mean, I absolutely love that message because it's so important. Uh, so often we just kind of try to survive in life versus thrive, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, we got to. And at the end of the day, this way I look at it. Anything that you do, you try doesn't work. Either you keep getting better at it or you can go try something else new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's the message that I at least I'm hoping that myself getting, you know, seriously about filmmaking at 40. 
I'm hoping that that's the message that vibrates to other people, um, younger people. I always knew I was really good at producing. I did it as a young person, and then I stepped away from it for 10 years. And you know what? I did well in my career for those 10 years, but I wasn't happy. And that's mm. the bottom line. I wasn't happy. I was making the six figures at the University of Phoenix, but that wasn't what I was passionate about doing. And mm. I'm just grateful that I was in a situation with a partner and my husband, you know, being so understanding that, hey, I just can't do this anymore. I don't care how much money I'm making. I got to be happy. Mm. And I think that that was really important. And I, I just, you know, you know, how it goes. I have daughters, too. I just could not look at these girls and tell them to follow their dreams if their mom wasn't doing the same thing. And mm. so literally when I got pregnant with that oldest one, it was just like, Hey, it's game time now. I got to really go mm. after what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, I love that. I love that. What were the uh, other films that, that got nominated? Um, oh man. So we had another film that we did with the Northwest African American Museum and it was called Black Women of the Arts, um, like in the Pacific Northwest. And that film was made with 24 college students no no no. 24 high school girls in the city of seattle during COVID, and our whole purpose of doing that we paid them we wanted to engage them during COVID because we were all at home if you remember um and so yeah, that film was i remember fun. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then that same year our college ambassadors also did a film around sickle cell children's hospital was involved in it governor Locke, um chief best we had so many excellent actors in the film and we were just talking about the real moments that were happening with COVID-19 as it was happening with George Floyd murder and that film right there was um, called Sickle Cell and v Vigilance in the COVID-19 era um, and then the third film was actually a concert that I collaborated with Chastity uh, Conrad she's actually a political leader and we did a concert and we were able to garner in Shaka Khan and Andre Day and Macklemore mm. And that concert was really to commemorate um, Black women at that point that was running for public office. And so all of these films for me um, this year, they were all about, you know, the history of Black folk. This year, right now, we've already completed some films that we plan to submit next year with Treehouse, one about youth experiencing foster care. Um, we also did a film with the Washington State Women's Commission about mental health. And then our final film we'll be doing this year um, it's called Girls on the Rise, and that's for our own foundation. So we'll finally be doing our own film about our foundation. Absolutely incredible. Katie, you probably uh, probably getting enough of the sun. Do you, When you go down to Florida, do you, do you get tired of the sun and you're excited to get yes. back to Seattle or, no, yes. or not really? Yes. yes, no, I do. Actually, right now I'm sweating bullets because, like I was telling you, it's 108 <laughs> degree uh, 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 heat index. I never even paid attention to the heat index before. Until buying a house down this way as well, but uh, yeah, I, I'm de I love the fresh rain in Seattle. <laughs> well, we're getting a lot of it this year, that's for sure. Katie Hall is with us. She's the co-founder of Katie Hall Communications, a leader in workforce development and women initiatives. We talked in the last segment about the regional Emmy nominations that she received. She also does in incredible work, as I mentioned, around women initiatives and hosting and running Women's History Month conferences. And th tell us the, the the history of that, Katie. I mean, this is um, opportunities that ha are coming your way because of this. Talk to us about that. Yeah, uh, it's you know it it's unreal, really, because. When you're doing the work and you're really doing it out of passion, sometimes you're just keeping your head down and years and years go by. And I think that's exactly 
what I feel like happened with our with us, I'll say, for the communications company and the foundation, just doing the work, and then one day you lift up and you can really see the impact. So when I look back to 2014 when we first started throwing women conferences, I think that just looking at the body of work over so long of a period of time, you know, when I was doing the work and my team was doing the work, we just had our head down and we were just doing the work. And sometimes when you finally come up, you could see your body of work. And I think that that's what happened to us with the pandemic. The pandemic made everybody stop. And we had a chance to look at the body of work that we laid out. And then we had to really think strategically, okay, where do we want to go next? And I think that the pandemic really opened up our eyes to be able to see that. And when I look back to 2014, when we threw our first conference, and I look today, 2022, the people who are at our conference, they're leading that state now. Senator Tawana Noble, she was actually in the audience and brought her girls in. Angela Jones, she's now leading at Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And at that point, she was... I remember she just started law school um, at Gonzaga as she was restarting and pivoting her career to Neil Jeffrey Simmons. And now she's the assistant superintendent of OSPI. And so all of these women, Marilyn Strickland, I can go on and on, all these women that were there and looking at where they are now, just to know that we were able to capture them in conversations over the years it lets me know when I look at where they are now in their careers, it lets me know that our work really matters. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's what I could say. I just looking at the body of work of all these women that have been uh, chief best before she was even chief best. And now she's leading global, uh, was she leading global security at Microsoft now? Um, it's just, it's really amazing. And you know what, today I can call on any one of those women and ask for a favor or just check in, they can do the same thing with me. And so I think that this started out as an initiative. And then now these women have become sisters. I mean, mm. you know, it, they, they all have like truly in different ways and different capacities. Um, and I think that that's the power of when you work on work that's bigger than yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That That is so true. So well said. And you had an opportunity to be invited to the White House. Talk, talk to us about that. <laughs> Oh man, you done your research. <laughs> you're bringing up, you're bringing up all types of things, pre babies and everything. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's really good. I totally forgot about that. I'm so happy you brought that up too because I I do need to think about that because man, I got invited to the White House twice, and um, the second time when I was invited to the White House, I was being um, probably a pest, but I would send a message to Michelle Obama's secretary every month. And I would send an email, and if she didn't respond to me, I would call, and I would say, <laughs> "Hi, I'm." At that point, I went by you know my full name. I'm like, "I'm Kay Keela Hall. I'm calling you from Seattle again. We want Michelle Obama at our conference." <laughs> and they was like, "Okay, lady." <laughs> and I kept doing it. You know what I'm saying? I kept getting rejected, and I kept finding different ways to make to get back in contact with them. And you know what? They never um, came to the conference. Three days after the conference, I got an email from the Michelle Obama's um, uh, uh, Women and Girls Initiative, and they said that they wanted me to come out to the White House and represent the state of Washington. And I'm mm. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my first, you know, like for real, for real invite to the White House. It was amazing. That cohort, I still work with those, a lot of those women now. Um, there's one of them is a really good friend now. Her name's Julie. She used to work directly for Michelle Obama. And now she works at uh, Meta 
Facebook and she's one of their legal counsel. And you know what? She she's completing videos for our Girls on a Rise program. She has no time, but she's making time for our, our girls in Seattle because of those relationships. So I guess what I'm trying to say is ultimately success happens when you're true to yourself and when you build solid relationships that are not just about you. And I think that, I don't know, I think that that's what we did. And it's not just me. I don't want to take full credit for that because that would be me lying. And I don't believe in lying because I don't remember lies. That was a team of people, but we all used our skill sets. And I think that we just built solid relationships with people. We asked for what we needed, but we weren't ever greedy. And now I can call people and I can really get favor favors because I think that we have put out so much good that people want to see us win. Hmm. Well, it's, it sounds like, Katie, you have your identity in the right place. Cause that's when, when we have our identity in the right place, then, then our purpose becomes about others, you know, versus ourselves. And I, I just absolutely love hearing, you know, your, your vision and in, in when it comes to, you know, serving others and, and empowering others. I mean, that, that is just, it's so meaningful because that's really what, I mean, I think life's about is being able to look outside of ourselves. And I mean, talk to us about the, the, the history of when, when you started uh, the foundation. And, and I, I know there's probably two steps forward, three steps back, you know, and just maybe days of discouragement, but you've endured, right? You've stayed uh, faithful yeah. and you've persevered. Can, can you talk to us about that? I think that, you know, like I met you on that journey. I met you on the journey to following a passion and the foundation, the real reason, you know, why we started the foundation, like truly we were doing the work anyway, and we were just doing it like in, and we weren't, we had nothing to show for it. And so we were like, you know, this don't make sense. And I reached out to a young lady um, named Monica mm -hmm. Matthews, and she actually has her own foundation, Life Enrichment Group. It's like 20 years old now. She's doing amazing work. And someone connected me to her, and her name was Dr. Timmy Foster now. This <laughs> is so crazy to think about these relationships. And, and Monica helped us start our foundation. That's how it started, paperwork-wise. And then from there, we just really we, – we didn't have any money in the foundation. So we, we did what we knew. We went to the colleges. We, we got young people, and we knew that it was important for those young people to not only get that college experience but get that real-world experience too. You know, we weren't too far removed from it. We were like 30 at that point, right? And, I mean, mm. graduated from college at 22, 23. So we sort of knew what you needed because you know how it is. You graduate from college, you go into the workforce, and then what they say, you don't have any experience. And it's, mm. a, it's, a, it's a difficult battle. So my goal was to make these young people's experience going into the workforce easier than what it was for me and my friends. And so that's why we created the internship program to give them real-world experience. We had no money to give them, so we partnered with the colleges and we gave them college credits the first few years. And then we started to take people like Pramila Jayapal, who was running for office. At that point, she wasn't, she wasn't in her role yet. Um, and we, we took her and she would talk to our young people and talk to them about her career. We met with Senator Nobles before she became Senator Nobles. You know what I mean? When she was running her mm -hmm. girls program. And like truly, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but we were, we were learning from these people. And then as a result of us learning from these people, we really built the program. And that program now is an award-winning, an Emmy-nominated program. It is also, um, it was uh, recognized as the number one educational program in 2020 by Providence Hospital. And 
this is not Kila. This is the relationships that I think that I co- I cultivated. And I'm very grateful for where the foundation is now. We have our own space now. I don't know if you know that. We're in the Treehouse building. Oh, um, very cool. Contract. Yeah, we're, a, we're in a three-year contract there. Um, we have a resource center where our girls can go to at that Treehouse Center. And this September, our goal is to have that resource center open five days a week for any girl or woman that lives in Seattle or King County that needs educational resources or need job resources. And so that's mm. our goal day, is to open that up after Labor Day and have that that pay, that place, you know, jamming and having young people having somewhere to go to get things that they can't get at their traditional schools. And so we yeah. are taking girls on a rise to the next level. We got our first cohort in Nigeria. I don't know if you heard about that, but we got we have a mm-hmm. cohort of girls in Nigeria right now. And so my goal is to be able to go see them next year in person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have a cohort of girls in Nigeria now. Well, how did that come about? One of our college ambassadors from Nigeria, and it was always on our strategic plan to be able to go back to Africa and build a coalition of girls from Africa to the Philippines to the U.S., um, and in particular in Washington State and Florida, because the issues we're working on is human trafficking. That, you know, these port states or these port cities like Miami, like Seattle, that human trafficking is happening right in your backyard and mine. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. starting with young kids. And so that's really important to us. So our, the girls that work with us, they're not necessarily being human trafficked, but they may want to be a future lawyer. So we're having them work on case studies right now to resolve some of the issues that are impacting girls and women globally. Um, our other initiative is Women in Leadership Pathways and getting women and girls in high-paying positions, getting them into positions that's not always pink positions, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And that's another uh, pillar we have. And the third pillar is my heart. I'm not going to lie. You know, my daughter has sickle cell anemia, and so we have a partnership um, with several uh, sickle cell uh, programs, including Children's Hospital, Sickle Cell Anemia Clinic. And so we're focusing on cures for sickle cell and then also healthy pathways for people like my daughter that live with sickle cell and, and they don't want to maybe do that cure right now. Like how can they live healthy without crises? And that's what we do in the foundation. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Katie, you mentioned earlier uh, your, your the work of, of your partner, uh, David. And, and I wanted to you know, bring this up because I think from from what I see, just a, a really special kind of collaboration. Um, and you know, you, you're a young family, um, as as my wife <laughs> yeah, and I like are. You. Yeah, um, like you. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I I think there's you know there there's certainly there's a lot of admirable qualities of that you and, and David are, you know, working through and, and how you build something, but also build your family. And can, can you talk to us about where that comes from and that philosophy behind that? Wow. That is, man, you are so good. I'm so proud of you too with your show. And I watched some of them beforehand, but seriously, man, you did your homework. I'm not used to people doing, you know, you're speaking to like a uh, another journalist, I'm not used to people doing their homework like this. So thank you. So <laughs> oh, thank much. you. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> but yes, David is my high school sweetheart. We met at 15 and 16 years old. We went to different high schools. He went to more of a business school. I went to like the biggest high school in Detroit. 
And, you know, the really popular school, David went to a business school. His mom was an educator, so she's like, nope, you're going to a business school. But we met at a mutual friend's birthday party, and the funny thing about it is I was supposed to have been at the Junior Olympics. I made it to the semifinalists of the Junior Olympics in the one mile. Mm. And, wow. um, we, yeah, me and my teammates, we got in trouble with our coach, and um, we refused to practice on the 4th of July. And so he didn't take us to the semifinals of the Junior Olympics as a punishment. And the <laughs> day of it is the day I met David. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's the day I met David. I went to um, that mutual friend's birthday party, and uh, we met. And I don't know, it was just something, like when I first met him, it was something, although I didn't know him at all, it was something very familiar about him that I really liked. And it was competitive. It was about sports. I beat him in running. You know what I'm saying? He beat me in baseball. <laughs> so I, I was intrigued. And <laughs> I wasn't supposed to have been dating because in my household, you couldn't date until you were 16. And I wasn't 16 yet. I was like two months away from 16. So I didn't want to break the rules. <laughs> However, I was an athlete. And so I could play sports with boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that was what I leveraged and used. And then by the time I turned 16, he met my parents. And I mean, honestly, we're about to be 40. And like, he'll be 40 in two weeks. I'll be 40 in two months. And um, wow. it's been on and popping ever since. And I think that we're friends first. Being friends, I think, is so important because, as you know, being with your wife for as long as you've been with her, that there's going to be times in life externally that you can't even control it, but there's external things happening, right, that's going to stress you out. And so you're mm -hmm. not going to always like each other. Uh, right or like each other's decisions mm -hmm. but I think that, that friendship is so important I think that that's what we have first and so mm. with that friendship we figure out you know what I'm saying what's important to each person David knows what's important to me I know what's important to him and like you said a lot of it is similar a lot of we have a lot of similarities too of things that were important to us and we always put that first and then like our girls just like you do we embed our girls into everything that we do and so you know some people thought it was a crazy move for me to move to Florida. I got a lot of slack. And so I really didn't tell anybody until I left. But what people didn't understand is that my daughter has sickle cell anemia. So, yeah, I'm, I'm giving you all you need from a business perspective. But every winter, we're in children's hospital for like seven to ten days having a sickle mm. cell crisis. And wow. so for us, it was important for us to get a house in the south because we understand that in certain months in Seattle, it's not a good place for someone living with sickle cell to live. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's, that's the move that we made as a family, as a unit. And it was scary because we weren't sure if people were going to still work with us or not after building 15 years of a network out there. But I'm going to tell you something. Things work out the way it's supposed to, and we, our business grew even more. And so, you know, we are excited to also, you know, launch and get back in Seattle. We're actually looking now for a home in Seattle, too, because, you know, like you said, it's the best of both worlds. There's sometimes where it's too hot down here where, we, where it's best to have KJ in Seattle, too. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I don't know what it means. This is my first time living by coastal, but I'll tell you this, you know, if you can, like you said, have some type of faith, whatever it is that you believe in, have some type of faith and make sure that you and your partner are on the same page. And I think from there, you can make anything happen. And if it's meant to happen, it's going to flow. And if mm -hmm. it doesn't flow, that's when you need to, you know, reconsider things. And we're, we're always um, adjusting. Like we don't, we're never fixed, I guess. Mm, yeah. Well, I just, I, I love how, um, how I've seen that and, and how that collaboration, that partnership with the two of you, I think that's, uh, that's something that our society needs certainly a lot more of no question about it. And, and serious props to, to your parents, my goodness for saying, Hey, you know what, 
you and and, and you said, "Hey, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna honor my parents for these next two months." I mean, that's uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm serious. Yeah. Like that that means your parents have. I mean, my goodness. I mean that that is yeah, they uh, that, have for real impact. <laughs> like for real. That says they that says impact. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's. Uh, that's that's incredible. Are you going to take the same um, approach with with your with your daughter, or what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. These kids now, like your daughters, they're so different, right? And I think that they're designed different because they're living a different lifestyle. I mean, I there's we have a set of boundaries in our house and more like respect and rules around that. But I do try. I think I give my kids, my girls, a little bit more leeway, probably than what I get, just because you know it's a different time. It's twenty twenty two. Yeah. They like like for example, KJ. You know, she really wants to be a surgeon, and she's been saying this for three years. But you know, her lived experience. She's been in the hospital more than most kids, so she's mm. used to being in hospitals. But she's she's serious about it. So now we went ahead and got her a tutor in those different subjects that we know she needs to be outstanding in: science, math. We have a tutor right now. She's seven years old in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? She sits down for six hours a week. I don't care if it's the summertime. You're doing your tutoring. You said you want to do this. Let's get you prepared for it. So that way, if you choose to do it, you get all the skills to do it. You know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. I think that's a respect thing. But sometimes I do wish I could be more like my parents and just <laughs> lay it down <laughs> on them the way my parents do with us. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a lot older. I was a lot older yeah. than the kids. I'm a little bit more tired. <laughs> i hear you i hear you they they get the phone i would have never got a phone but you know it is what it is everything ain't perfect you know that but um you know we try but i I do honor my parents still and i do appreciate them more now than i did then because all the other girls were able to date so i didn't really understand like why couldn't i do it but i understand now (laughs) i do Really appreciate you taking the time. Just incredible to hear about all the just am- amazing success that you're having. I just want to say congratulations. And I'm looking forward to hearing more what's coming down the road for you and Katie Hall Communications. So thanks for taking the time. Oh, yes. I, I look forward to seeing you. I'll be back in Seattle in July, and I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's Katie Hall.